This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Do you want to set your child up for success? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. Well, I know with Eleanor, when she was struggling so much with math, if she had been able to do online learning at home, she would have been much better able to keep up with the class, and that would have just made the whole situation much easier for her. Don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And half your listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash happier. Visit IXL.com slash happier to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast that gives you strategies and solutions for making life happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative. This week, we'll talk about how to deal with post-holiday haze, and we'll tackle a common happiness stumbling block, the challenge of meeting a New Year's resolution. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and I'm talking to my sister, Elizabeth Kraft, who is not always a fan of New Year's resolution. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and yes, Gretch, I don't like the feeling that I'm going to fail, which is how, I'm good, how I feel about New Year's resolutions. <laughs> well, we'll tackle so that. This will be helpful for me. <laughs> Before we launch in an update, I wanted to let everybody know that you can still register for my video course. Registration is still open for the Happiness Project Experience. And that is to give you structure and ideas if you want to create your own happiness project. And so over the course of a year, there's video lessons, live calls, interviews, all sorts of stuff um, to help you identify the resolutions that will give more happiness to your life and help you keep them. I give each month a theme, but you can always pick your own theme under the umbrella of that theme. You can pick your own unique resolutions within that umbrella. And on the first day of every month, you will have access to worksheets and videos where I go in-depth into the month's topic and why it matters in the context of a happy life. The price goes up on January 2nd, so if you wanted to get started now for 2020, visit GretchenRubin.com THPE for the Happiness Project experience to get more information. And I will post the links in the show notes, of course. And then Gretchen, we also want everyone to get excited for Walk for 20 and 20. Yes. Um, That's what we're doing. We're all going to try to walk 20 minutes every day in 2020. We thought people might want to listen to episode 1044 of Side Hustle School (laughs) um, because Chris talks about doing something every day in that episode, which is what we're trying to do. Walk 20 minutes every day. Yeah. And at 
the end of the show, I will mention some great new resources that I've created because I'm so excited about this. I was like, okay, I'm going to meet, you know, create mm. some bits and bobs that will help people stick to the 20 for 20 endeavor. Yes. So listen, this week, our try this at home tip is seasonally related. And it is about the idea that we want to fight through post-holiday haze. Yes. It's the haze that sets in after any holiday. It's anti-climax, the regular routine rushing back in. There's often a lot of cleanup. You might be returning from a trip. So we're going to throw out a bunch of ideas. Um, <laughs> if not now, when? Yes. <laughs> it is the day after Christmas. Yes, right. Um, so thing number one, as you're dealing with the post-holiday tasks, think ahead and buy anything you need because this is a great time to get something on sale. Elizabeth, you and I have seen mom do this so Faithfully, she really yes. thinks ahead about wrapping paper, twinkle lights, candles. One thing that we, I do, because again, mom does this, is there are those things called Christmas crackers, which are these fun mm. things that if you read a lot of English children's literature that comes up a lot in children's literature, they kind of look like, how would you describe them? They're like long, kind of almost... Little... They look like a wrapped cylinder. They look like a wrapped cylinder. You pull each end and it makes a popping sound and then often like a riddle and a little plastic toy and a crown a pop crown. out. Yeah. yeah. So in our family, we we do them like on uh, Christmas Day. Everybody gets a cracker and we all put on our crowns and we read each other the riddles and stuff like that. These can be quite expensive, but they are really, really, really cheap the day after Christmas. And so I yes. always go out and buy those. But anything that you need. Christmas napkins and yes. paper plates and yes. all of that are on sale. Also, um, something that can be pretty expensive that's on sale after Christmas is, um, you know, uh, little cards that you attach to gifts. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Gift cards. Now, on the subject of holiday decorations, it's a big effort to put them up, but that's kind of like seasonal fun. And then it's kind of a drag sometimes mm. to take them down. But I feel like this can really start to be a drag if you have your holiday decorations up far past the, yes, the, the season. It's very depressing to have a Santa looking at you like February. <laughs> yeah, Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah. So yes, our idea for this is to standardize the taking down of the decorations. Yeah, just like people are sort of like, the day after Thanksgiving is the day we put up the decorations, have a day when you take down the decorations. And maybe it's, you know, the day after Christmas or it's the day after New Year's or whatever you want to pick. But so that you have a day when you're like, okay, that is when I'm going to do it. Um, one of the things that's funny in New York City is when is the day that I see the last Christmas tree <laughs> on the sidewalk? And I mean, it's usually March. These things <laughs> yeah. are like desiccated skeletons, <laughs> like dropping needles everywhere. And you're like, okay, somebody finally is dealing with their Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah. And one idea, Gretch, for putting away the decorations, because somehow Adam and I got organized last year and did this, is we put on the outside of every box kind of what was in it. So now I feel like I can repack the decorations so much more easily because it's not this sort of puzzle of what fits <laughs> in what box. Yes. Now I know, okay, the chimney Santa goes in this box. Yeah. So um, I'm very um, happy about that. Well, and sort of related to that is an idea where if you really like a particular arrangement of decorations, you might take a picture so you can just copy it next year. I feel like there's a lot of decision fatigue yes. in how, like where things go. And the more I'm like... This is the tree where I put my Alice in Wonderland ornament collection, and it goes here. Then it's sort of more fun to just get everything out and look at it. If I'm trying to figure out where everything, where I should put it, 
I don't, I think some people find that very fun. I do not find that fun. So I like having the pictures to, to um, repeat my greatest hits from previous years. Yes. yes, Gretch. And then of course there's clutter clearing involved in combating post-holiday haze. Yes. Well, one way is like, I put this on my 19 for 2019. If you have decorations that you're just never using, go ahead and give them away to somebody who will actually mm-hmm. use them. And then, then you have less stuff to deal with. I did that last year and it was a big relief this year. And also, as you're putting away new possessions, sort of post-holiday, use that as an opportunity to weed through your your the stuff you already have. Like you're putting away a, sh- a sweater on the shelf. It's like, well, are there any sweaters now you want to give away mm-hmm. so that you, you're not just jamming in something else? You're sort of taking that opportunity. And I would also say, try to put things away right away because you have all you have these things that you've been given. Like, really put them away. Now, that's where I have to disagree with you, Gretchen. Oh. I like keeping my Christmas presents out for a little while. I oh. like seeing them. It oh. gives me pleasure. Oh, yes. like your little pile that you bring from Kansas City or whatever? Yes. Oh. I, like, I like seeing my presents. And then I feel like once I put them away, everything's like absorbed just back into the house. And I don't know. It's like it doesn't exist so oh well that's a nice idea okay i'm gonna try that this year like kind of revel in all the yeah it's like it embodies all everybody's good wishes for you too so it's sort of a pleasant thing to see now because because the post-holiday haze can kind of have that feeling of anti-climax and kind of that Mm. bad let down feeling one thing that's nice is to try to plan something fun ideally before Mm. the holiday so you have something to look forward to it's just nice to have something where you're like, oh, well, this was fun and it's over, but I have this fun thing coming up. Yes. Plan a night out or have people over yeah. or some special thing. I mean, what's really nice is if you can have a trip. Yeah. But that's, of course, not always possible. Right. And if you're part of what you need to do is ease back into the routine of work, sometimes it's nice to sort of give yourself a half a day to acclimate. Like maybe you just do minor tasks like read industry newsletters or kind of sort through the mail. Yeah. Or maybe you have a project. Like I have many projects going at any one time, but some are definitely more fun than others. So maybe like mm-hmm. you start by working on your favorite project, like special treat just to ease yourself back into the routine of work. Yes. Gets you back into the habit with a little bit more enthusiasm than trying to just like jump in with both feet into what's, you know. The, the most, most grueling thing you have to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So let us know if you do tread this at home and how you fight your way through post-holiday haze. We'd love to get more ideas. Let us know what mm-hmm. you've done. Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes. That's happiercast.com slash 253 for everything related to this episode. Coming up, we have a reading hack for 2020. But first, this break. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, 
even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. All right, Gretchen, it is time for this week's happiness hack. Yes, and this hack is especially useful, I think, to a lot of people because so many people have listed the idea of read more. You know, it was it appeared mm. on a lot of 19 for 19 lists. I've seen some 20 for 20 lists. It's appearing a lot on 20 for 20s. List of New Year's resolutions. It's on yours. I mean, yeah. um, New Year's resolution lists always have this. And I have to say for you and me, Elizabeth, as people who love to read, it's really lovely to see how many people want to read more. People want, you know, they read along with our Happier Podcast book club because they want to read more. It's great. And so the question becomes, what are some ways that you can get more reading into your everyday life? Yes. And Brett wrote in with a great suggestion. He said, I wanted to share with you a program that my firm adopted. It's called First 15. We learned of it through the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants. It was started by a firm in Kansas. As soon as you get to work each day, you're encouraged to spend 15 minutes reading before turning on your computer, checking voicemails, emails, etc. There are a few restrictions. It has to be some sort of self-development book, personal or business-related. You are not allowed to read the tax code or anything similar. <laughs> it's funny. Every, it's funny yeah. to think that could be a temptation. Okay, exactly. guys, you got to resist the, the lure of the tax code. <laughs> yes. Everyone has a sign they can hang on their doors so that the office knows not to interrupt during their first 15. The office has started a library of sorts from personal collections of employees, used book purchases, etc. I ran out and borrowed the four tendencies from the library. I'm an obliger. I love this program for many reasons. It actually makes me look forward to going to work in the morning knowing that I get to read for the first 15. I love reading, but have never been able to make the time in a day. Did I mention I'm an obliger? <laughs> but I'm getting better at sneaking it in now that I have some momentum. My daughters have to read 20 minutes each day for homework, so now I make it a point to get a book and read during those 22. So what a great idea. This is a great idea. And like, this is one of these ideas where, yes, you could do it on your own. And this is a great idea for anyone who's looking for a way to kind of ease it into their 
routine and maybe start their day in a kind of on this note. But it's also true that for an obliger, it's helpful to have kind of the sense that everybody's doing it and that it's an expectation and you can put a sign on your door. And this is sort of a thing that everybody's doing together. So in terms of a workplace, this is a great way that a workplace can encourage a habit that everyone might enjoy and benefit from and would want to do on their own, but maybe it wouldn't be that easy for them to do it practically on their own. Yeah. And what I love, Gretchen, is people are always saying, well, donuts bring us together. Like, this is our ritual. This is how we bond. Well, this is so bonding to be sharing books, talking about books, creating this little library. So I feel like it's a great way to bring the office together. You know what's fun? I think I I saw this someplace. It's like if you had a card in the book, if if it's in the library of the office, and then you would write write down Elizabeth Craft in that you read it, and then I would write my name. And then when I saw you, I'd be like, oh, I read that book that you read. That's a great idea. So then it's a way of kind of help, like you say, a way of bringing people together. And I also think it's really great for people to kind of ease into the day. I think for a lot of people, that sort of first part of the day, it just can sort of feel like it hits you with a ton of bricks. And I think this kind of transition point Mm -hmm. for a lot of people might be really helpful in just kind of you catch your breath. You're not kind of right away just trying to, to, you know, hit the gas And what's important is that it's like the office culture is acknowledging, like, we're human beings here. Like, we're not just people doing taxes. We're human beings (laughs) who benefit from reading and talking. And, you know, so I just think it just sets a great tone. Well, and also, you know, we often talk about the idea that we overestimate, you know, how much we can do in a day or a weekend. And we underestimate how much we can get done in a little bit. And I think there is this sort of idea like, well, if I can't sit down and read for an hour, what's the point? But actually, if you read 15 minutes a day, every day that you go into work, that's going to be a lot of reading. And as Brent mentions, there's something about once you get into a book, then you're like, oh, you look, you see, and everybody's had this experience. When you're reading something that's really good, the amount of time you find to read in yes. a day dramatically uh, expands. Like, wild yes. game. I'm like, I will have no trouble reading this book in yes. one day. I will read this book yeah. in one day, whatever yeah. it takes. And so I think this is like, just by saying 15, 15 sounds so manageable that it doesn't scare people off. But I bet I would really be curious to know how many people feel like they are now reading much more than 15 minutes in a day now that they've kind of got getting in the groove. Yes. So thank you, Brett. This was a great idea. I will put a link um, in the show notes to the program for First 15 for anyone who wants to read more about how it got started and sort of all the theories behind it. And now it's time for a happiness stumbling block. Okay, Elizabeth, we have talked about this stumbling block many Mm. times before, and we've talked about ways to deal with it. But because January 1st is coming up, it's a good time to review. Yes, and this is the happiness stumbling block of not keeping New Year's resolutions or resolutions of any sort. Resolutions of any sort. This is something that just comes up all the time because I think people get really puzzled because they're like, Sure. Okay. Maybe there's a resolution that like someone else wants me to keep. So like, I'm sort of rolling my eyes and pretending like I'm going to do it. But a lot of times it's things where people, and this was what was really interesting to me when I started thinking about this. People would say to me in the most absolute sincerity, they would be like, I know that this resolution would make me happier or healthier or more productive or more creative. I really want to do it. It's something that I actually enjoy when I'm doing it. And I'm totally mystified about why I can't 
keep this resolution. Mm. And I just thought this was fascinating. Well, it led you to write better than before, didn't it? Right, exactly. This question? Yeah, because I was like, okay, when people have successfully, because often with resolutions, they are about habits. It's like exercising more, reading more, getting more sleep, you know, spending more time with your children, all those things. Waking up on time. And so I was like, okay, well, what are the strategies people used to make those habits? And it turns out there are 21 strategies. Like, mm. people are always like, what's the best way? It's like, okay, it turns out there's no best way because different things work for different people. Some we can use sometimes, some we can't use others. Some work for just about everybody. Some are really don't work for everybody. You, you kind of have to look at all 21 and pick and choose the ones that work for you. Because most of us have ones that are particularly useful for us. But that doesn't mean yeah. that, like, because obviously, like, look at you and me, Elizabeth, the kinds of things that work for me often are not the kinds of things that work for you, and vice versa. No, it's interesting just when you, like, step back and think about resolutions. Like, these are things that we all want to do to actually make our life better in, like, a profound way. Yeah. And yet we don't do them. It's, like, really the mystery of life, isn't it? <laughs> um, and so these tools you have, like, can actually get people to do what they want to do. Yeah. Sort of a miracle. Okay. So here are the, here are the resources. If you, if, if anybody's looking for something. Okay. So better than before, list the 21 strategies that you can use to make or break your habits. So that's things like monitoring, scheduling, convenience, clean slate, other people, all those 21. Then if you want a checklist for habit change, that's a one pager where like at the top of the page, you'd write, I want to walk for 20 minutes every day, or I want to read for 15 minutes every morning or whatever it would be. So you can go through and, and think about all 21, because if it's a big, important habit, you might use several, maybe five or six mm -hmm. strategies around one habit, which sounds terrible and burdensome, but it's actually quite easy. So this checklist helps you sort of think through systematically everything you could do. There's a manifesto that's got like all these like get psyched ideas, like what you do most days matters more than what you do once in a while. That's on the manifesto. I have a tip sheet specifically for exercising better than before, working, eating, and reading better than before, because these are the ones that people talk about all the time as things they want to change. So those are helpful if you're, if you're trying to cultivate resolutions related to that. And I also have a daily time log if you want to do time tracking. Questioners, I'm mm -hmm. looking at you. I know how much you, you folks like to monitor and track. So this makes it easier for you to actually see where your time is going. Gretch, this is making me realize you need to do a workbook. This would be very great for people. Well, I have the better than before journal where you can kind of journal and it has like a lot of this stuff in it. But you're right. It's not really a true workbook. Uh, maybe I should do a workbook. I could do like a, I could do like a roundup workbook of everything. You okay. Should. Okay. Uh -huh. I'm, wait, I'm, li I'm literally writing that down. Okay. Maybe okay, that'll go good. on my 20 for 20. It's happening. <laughs> Live on Happier, yes. a new project. Oh, just what I need, right? <laughs> I have all these fun side projects. Yeah, ask me about aphorisms. Um, but then, so the funny thing was, so I wrote better than before, and one of those strategies, one of the 21 strategies, was the strategy of the four tendencies, which is my personality framework, which I figured out as I was trying to understand why some of these strategies worked mm -hmm. for some people and not others, like accountability works really well mm -hmm. for some people. For some people, it's actually counterproductive. And that led me to understand the four tendencies and write that book and do that quiz and do all that stuff. So the key, speaking of the four tendencies to like this happiness stumbling block is figuring out what works for you. Yes. And also not thinking 
to state the obvious, that what you've tried to do all these other years when you haven't kept resolutions (laughs) is going to work this year because this year you really want to keep your resolution. It's like that's the whole definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over and thinking you're going to get a different result. So it's worth it to go and like actually think about what's going to work for you. See, this is the thing that's so poignant to me is I think people really do feel discouraged about resolutions and they really are puzzled and frustrated because they're like, I've tried and I tried again and I tried again and I can't do it. What's wrong with me? And usually I'm like, there's nothing wrong with you. Once I know your tendency, once I know a little bit about your habit patterns, like this is very predictable. There's a lot of people who are in exactly the same boat as you. You need to just set this up in a slightly different way and you might have massive increases in success. You're just trying to, it's not that it's what you're doing is wrong. It's just that it's not a good fit for you. It's like Mm -hmm. when a night person tries to get up early and go running, I'm like, Mm. it's not going to work. Not because it's not a good idea on paper, but it's not a good idea because you're a night person. You'd be much better off doing it later in the day. And the four tendencies, of course, this is where you really start to see how you can pick and choose the strategies according to your tendency, and then people tend to have much better success. Yeah, and of course, Gretchen, um, people can take the quiz on your website and find out what tendency they are. Yes, if you do not know if you're an upholder, questioner, obliger, rebel, or you want somebody else to take the quiz, quiz.gretchenrubin.com. More than two and a half million people have taken the quiz. It's free. You can read the book. I have an online course that you can take if you like to get your information that way, where I go through the four tendencies. If you love the four tendencies and you want to teach a workshop, I have a workshop. (laughs) I have an app, the Better app, that you can join for free. Just go to Better Gretchen Rubin in the App Store or go to betterapp.us. There's a flash evaluation if you want to know what someone's tendency is, but you don't think that you can get them to take the quiz. This is like if you're a doctor Um, or a teacher, and you kind of want to size someone up. I've got some, like, shortcuts that you can take to kind of try to diagnose somebody. There's stuff about children and healthcare and spouses and work, and there's a nutshell guide. Anyway, it's all, I will post links to it all. It's GretchenRubin.com slash resources for everything, and especially if you go to the Four Tendencies book and look for the resources related to that book, then you can just jump through, jump ahead to where they're all the four ten there's a million resources for the four tendencies. But again, I'll put this all in the show notes for people because that's a lot. But bottom line, it's all at Gretchenrubin.com slash resources. <laughs> um and you just kind of, you know, work your way through until you see what catches your interest. All right, Gretchen. Well I'm really hoping this year that people um can conquer this, including myself, because um it is truly a just a major bummer. But don't you think that as an obliger, understanding that you were an obliger and that a secret was accountability? I mean, which you've known. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. that just sort of reframes everything, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, good luck to everyone um, with your New Year's resolutions. I love them, but not everybody does. <laughs> Coming up, Gretchen's got an office holiday party demerit. But first, this break. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small, and when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Gretchen, when I started my career, therapy really helped me work through all of my stresses so that I was able to concentrate at work and do a good job. 
If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Gretchen Rubin today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Gretchen Rubin. Eating processed food for every meal isn't healthy for people or for dogs. We all know that. And kibble is subject to multiple rounds of high heat processing, making it an ultra processed food. The farmer's dog is real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human-grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. My dog, Barnaby, loves the farmer's dogs. When he sees me pulling one of those packets out, he comes running. It's personalized, vet-developed, and it has recipes for as little as $2 a day. Meals arrive in pre-portion, ready-to-serve packs, and they're conveniently delivered on whatever schedule works for me. Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. That's 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. Okay, Gretch, it is time for demerits and gold stars, and you are up this week with a happiness demerit. Okay, yes. As you said, this was related to the office holiday party. Okay, so Jamie is a questioner and perhaps related to his questioner tendency. He does not like to answer questions and he does not like to provide information. Ironic, Mm -hmm. but true. Or maybe it's not his questioner. It just happens to be an aspect of his nature. But he is not good about giving me information. He will often say, like Saturday morning, did I tell you we have plans tonight? Mm -hmm. I'm not kidding. He does that frequently. So the thing is, that's the guy I married, right? Right. Whether or not I approve or (laughs) like enjoy that aspect of it, I know that that is the guy that I married. He's been like that. He's not going to change. He's not going to change. And he's been like this from the beginning. And as a consequence of this, for several years, you know, throughout the years, I have missed his office holiday party because Mm -hmm. it doesn't get on my schedule. I make another plan that I can't break and I can't go. And indeed, that's what happened this year. And so here, you know, Jamie is hosting this big office holiday party. And I couldn't go because I was speaking at the Rye Public Library in Rye uh, that night. And it's like they had announced it. I was going. I can't back out of it now. And I was really, really disappointed because I really, really wanted to go to his office holiday party. So the demerit is for me because I know this is the guy I married. And it would be very Mm -hmm. easy for me. Because you know how you hit that time in your calendar when you start looking ahead in a month, all of a sudden, it's like all of a sudden February is becoming like a thing that you're kind of looking at. You know, you're not looking at April, but yeah, maybe. So obviously I know there's going to be an office holiday party. The minute Mm -hmm. December starts looming, I should just talk to him, talk to his assistant, figure it out. You know, it's not rocket science. I just need, and you know, it was picked like in July because they have to like, you know. So uh, that's my demerit, which is I just need to acknowledge the reality that I need I need to find out and hold that date and not pretend like I think like, that's very smart. Yeah. 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 Cuz then you'll never miss it again and even though yes it's a bit of a hassle that you have to seek out the date of your husband's holiday party which you know in theory he should offer you 
It's not the reality. So deal with the reality, get the date, and then you can have a nice time at the party every year and not have this bad feeling. This bad feeling that I missed it. And I'm hoping that, like, you know, we're always hopeful with demerits that by kind of articulating it demerit, then we kind of then fix it. So I'm hoping that by articulating this, I will now next year, that will help jog my memory when, you know, October rolls around or something. Yes. Okay. All right, we'll take us up. What is the gold star? All right, Gretchen, I am giving myself a gold star good, good. Um, because I have finally started hiking again. Yay. I had a long hiking dry spell of months and months. And Sarah and I have talked about this on Happier in Hollywood because that's one thing we do a lot together is hike, although I also do it on my own or yeah. with other friends. And you and I started talking about walking 20 for 20 um, and I was like, I really need to get back into walking and doing my steps. And the, of course, now that I'm back into it, I'm just like, how have I not been doing this? Yeah. It's, you know? That's so common, which is, it feels like, oh, it's this great thing. I'll never let it go. And then you yes. let it go and then you forget about it. And then you get back into it and you're like, how did I let this go? It's so, yes. I love this. Yeah. Yeah. And Gretchen, I feel like the universe wants me to hike because (laughs) last Sunday morning I was in bed. I was like, I should get up and go hiking. But oh, I haven't slept in for so long. Maybe I shouldn't go. And I finally said, imagine how you're going to feel walking back to your car. You're going to be happy you went. So I got up. I went by myself. Didn't even listen to a podcast. Just listened to nature. Did the hike. And then the minute I drove back home and pulled up in front of our house and started pouring. Oh. So I'm like, oh my gosh, the universe was waiting to rain until <laughs> I got back from my hike. So I, I, I felt very smug. Because <laughs> we don't want to discourage Elizabeth. Let's hold off till she gets back home. Well, it, can you point, is it just sort of the general chaos of life has been interfering or... What is there anything to be gleaned about this dry period, like that could help you? Yeah. Well, avoid one it? thing I one thing I've noticed um, is that in LA, it's like everything you do, you have to do in the morning because it takes so long to like drive and drive back. Ah. So my mornings are like prime real estate. So it's like if I have a doctor's appointment, it's got to be in the morning. We record podcasts in the morning. I do inform once a week in the morning. So my mornings are very booked up. So it's actually partially about just when I have the time. So I'm I'm trying to really like look at every week and, and say, okay, that morning I don't have, you know, a doctor's appointment. Let me hike on Thursday morning or whatever it is. So it doesn't just sort of spring up on you and you're like, oh, I didn't realize like I could have gone, but I didn't realize it until I was sort of already situated. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. And of course, it's hot in L.A., so usually mornings are much better for hiking. Oh, right. Of course. Well, gold star to you. That's a great habit and a great way to start the new year, too. Back on track. Yes. And that is it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Fight through the post-holiday haze. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, our engineer, Bob Tabador, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, you know what I'm going to say. Please be sure to tell a friend. That's how everybody learns about our show because our nice friend recommends it. Tell a friend and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcast. Now, as I mentioned, I have two new resources. I have never before unveiled these. They are hot off the presses. 
So if you are going to make a 20 for 2020 list, yes, Elizabeth and I have been teasing this. We are going to reveal our 20 for 20 list very soon. I've created a PDF that you can download to write out your list and you can post it then somewhere very visible so you can keep it top of mind throughout the year or you can post it, um, you know, share it with other people. So that's a nice way to make your list. And speaking of 2020, if you are joining us for the Walk for 20 in 20, I created a PDF so you can use it to check off every day Mm -hmm. that you do walk for 20 minutes and see your progress. Many people really like the don't break the chain strategy, and this is a way to, you don't break the chain, or if you, you know, every once in a while you don't have it, you can still see your your page fill up with X's, and so that's a way to get that kind of ta-da list. So both of these are at GretchenRubin.com slash resources, which is, includes everything. And if you go all the <laughs> way to the bottom, you will see these there. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward. All right, Gretchen, we have to go to halls. This is like when the big sale starts. <laughs> Post-holiday haze, post-holiday halls trip. Yes. Yes. That's what you got to do in Kansas City. From the Onward Project. I don't know about you, but I'm always looking for ways for my son to get involved and give back in our local community. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, is also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org/students. That's lls.org/students.